Welcome to Digging Deeper, a podcast of Perimeter Church in Atlanta, Georgia, hosted by me, Jeff Norris, along with my co-host, Laura Story Elvington. This podcast aims to equip you to follow Jesus by digging deeper into the teachings and topics of the Bible, the culture at large, and life in general. We're excited that you've joined us as we explore the treasures of God's Word and apply its teachings to our lives as followers of Christ. In this season, we're digging deeper into our series, Love Rules, a study through the Ten Commandments and their relevance to us today. So throughout this season, we'll feature many exciting guests who will help us sort through what Scripture has to say and how it impacts how we're to live as citizens of the Kingdom of God. We're so glad you joined us. Now let's jump into today's discussion. Well, I am so glad that you've tuned in for this sixth episode as we walk through the Ten Commandments in this Digging Deeper series. And as always, I'm joined with Laura, and I'm joined with some dear friends, David and Meg Robbins, uh, who are here with us via modern technology. Hey, David David and Meg, how you doing? Hey, guys. It's good to be with you, friends. Appreciate y'all. Yes. So for those of y'all listening... Uh, I have to tell you that I I have loved every guest that we've had, but I love this guest, these guests the most because we go way back. These are these are old, wonderful friends of ours. Um, long time friends. Long time friends. You're not supposed to say old. You shouldn't say old, right? Long time friends. Long time friends. That's hitting closer than home. Yeah. About accurate. Yeah, we're I'm yeah we're feeling old these days, but. Um, so David and Meg and Rachel and I were all on staff with with crew together at the University of Georgia from oh help me out here guys oh five to oh eight is that right yeah okay wow man I pulled that one Nailed out it. it may be old yeah so we're old yeah um, we gosh man we were there when y'all were beginning your family we we you know your first and same to you same for us yeah that's right that's right when we brought Samuel yeah. home. You guys were there, and for Ford, right, and Mem, we yeah, yep. I was born the next year. Yeah. So anyway, we were there at the beginning of it all, and um, man, in some ways that feels like forever ago, and other ways it's like, gosh, that was that was just around the corner. So uh, anyway, we've done a it's lot of simple. life together, a lot of yeah. life together. David knows things about me that uh, very few people know, and so I'm hoping he does not share those. And vice versa. <laughs> Need to edit some things out. I mean, you know, our realtor too. So, it's just like a reminder talking with you guys. Like, the kingdom of God is built uh, one of the primary ways is through relationships. Yep. And Mm. it's just surreal to get to jump on and see you guys in this context. You know, Laura's become a good friend over the past few years, Jeff. We go way back. And um, it is such a treat to be with y'all. I'm grateful for how you steward people toward the word and to dig deeper into it. So thankful mm-hmm. for y'all both. Man, well. well, and I've gotten to know them through their involvement with family life yep. and how God has led them to be leading this ministry. And so I want to hear, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about what, <laughs> what you guys are up to for any listener that is not familiar with family life. Maybe that might be a good start. That's a point. great starting point, but I got to say this before you answer that, uh, David, I'm thinking back to when you and I were sitting in the old crew offices there in Athens, and you and I having conversations. And if someone had come in at that point and said, hey, um, David, you're going to be president of family life. 
And Jeff, you're going you're gonna to be pastor of Perimeter Church. We would have looked at them like they were crazy. Like me, they, like these broken idiots right here, like, you know, and just yeah. a further testament to who the Lord graciously uses for, uh, for his kingdom. Oh, so, that's neat. Uh, but yeah, I would say you were a significant part of my formation as a person and follower of Jesus and as a leader. And one of the yeah. mantras that came out of that season, because let's just say I drove hard and probably depending on, I know I operated out of a lot of self-sufficiency and can still get tripwired into that. But one of those mantras that, you know, living life with the Norrises and that team of if dependency is a goal, then weakness is actually an advantage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because his power is made perfect in our weakness. And that's just stamped into our lives. And we want to keep living out of that, even though Amen. God invites us into new things that feel bigger than us. Um, it's it's the path of how his power gets ushered in and through us. So I love that. And I'll, I being. remember you saying that often during that season. You know, if, if dependence is the goal, then weakness is an advantage. And it's a part of, you talk about, man, I could say all the same thing back to you. We're just going to just keep talking about how much we love each other. Um, (laughs) Because these, the the people here at Perimeter will tell you, man, if, if I have said anything over and over and over again, it's radical dependence, radical dependence, radical Mm -hmm. dependence. And so it come birthing out of that same heart that we developed there together, of yeah uh, we had a year the context is we had a year where we had an amazing staff team and uh thought we were just going to have the most amazing ministry year ever and we depended way too much on ourselves and not enough Mm. on the lord and we all learned the hard lesson of god is the one who does the work not us so um so anyway we could talk more about that actually that's actually a great uh picture when we think of marriage and parenting amen Uh, so let's come back to that but first i want to hear about tell tell everyone listening what do you do? What is family life? Uh, yeah, what are you guys chasing after with that ministry and, and your role in it? Great. Well, it was about five and a half years ago that um, I became the president of Family Life, and we moved from New York City. And with our team, and Meg engages on our growth team and does a lot of staff care. And we love leading together and getting to speak together on marriage and family, but even more so um, really the mission of family life. Yes, there's a radio and podcast and video channel. And yes, there's, um, you know, events that we do. We can remember being one that a lot of people know. And in Atlanta, there's one annually held. Um, it's been going on for, you know, 45 years. It's uh, one of the few events that's lasted that long and keeps adapting. Yeah. Um, but we really are, our heart is to help families grow in their relationship with Jesus and oneness in their home that they can't help but pass it on to the people mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. It's one of the primary ways that the the gospel and the kingdom of God continues to grow. And there's this institution of the church and the institution of a marriage and a family, and God uses that so powerfully. So we love coming alongside and equipping families to keep growing and to guide others in their spiritual journey too. It's mm-hmm. an amazing way, as Keller recently wrote before, his last article before he passed away, we got to find ways to extend the front porch of the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. Families is an amazing way in their neighborhoods and spheres of influences and sports teams and coworkers and community to do that. And we are all ambassadors of reconciliation. Yeah. I would just say too, though, disclaimer that when we were first asked to do this, my very first response to the vice president of crew at the time was, um, I think you should come live with us for a week before you ask us. <laughs> <to leave America." laughs> and, are you sure you um, want us? in Orlando and I we had actually been at my first comment was we'd been at Disney that day and he had to leave to go to a meeting we were kind of we had he had a conference they were like let's take the whole family 
And I said, if you'd been with us at Disney today, I don't think you'd be asking me to leave them. <laughs> but I think it's that we've had, and thankfully, graciously, he said, you know, but that's, you know, you're not claiming that you have it all together. And that's part of what we want for this. Yeah. And it's been very freeing. And something we have to come back to weekly, daily, that just radical dependency, just like you said, Jeff, just mm. if dependency is the goal, weakness is an advantage. And we feel our weakness as parents in our marriage mm. all the time. Mm. But it just brings us back to who Jesus is and why we lean so hard on him in it. Mm. So disclaimer that we're not in this role because we've achieved perfect parenting or perfect marriage. Wow. Yeah. But our brokenness just drives us to Jesus, you know. So That's great. So, Laura, pick up where you were going to go a minute ago. Oh, Meg, no. Meg brought... Brought us back think, to that radical I think Meg already yeah. said it. Yeah. I think it's Meg. Well, and I want to uh, touch on something that, that David actually just said about, uh, you know, say, say that again about the front, the thing that Tim Keller said about the front porch. Yeah. Mm. He, it was his last article he ever wrote. And then his wife actually um, had the notes for the second article and mm. got someone else to finish the second article. But that... Um, Churches in an increasingly secularized West and in the U.S. where it's not a cultural norm mm. to necessarily be going to church. It doesn't give you any favor in society or whatnot. Like you got to go because you really want. And what's good about mm -hmm. that is there's a authenticity kind of refinement happening of worshiping a true Jesus, not a cultural Jesus. So there's a it's it's discouraging in one way, but it's encouraging another. But because there's not that propensity of people just coming to church mm -hmm. outside of some major holidays, yeah. um, like in past decades, he just made the case, um, churches have to find ways to extend the front porch mm -hmm. of the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. ways off the turf of a church's campus, or maybe on a campus, but in some creative ways. And Perimeter's done a great job of doing creative ways. Um, it's a, a DNA, you know, core, what Perimeter is. But families can be such a huge part of that because they're already in the places people live. Mm -hmm. They already know and can get to know the stories and have people around their table mm -hmm. and get to know more of their story. And they can be there to take a walk down the street, mm -hmm. you know, with their dog yeah. when life's falling apart or something, waves are going to come in our homes. Yeah. And whether that's yeah. marriage challenges or single parenting challenges or, um, you know, challenges with your kids, it's frequently an opportunity for spiritual conversations and to get it, to dive into people's stories and in, in a genuine way. Mm -hmm. And there's such an incredible opportunity to extend that front porch yeah. literally and, and spiritually. Yeah. And I think just even thinking as you say that, like connecting some dots here, at least in my mind between, okay, individually in our own marriages, in our own lives, we, we have to be these dependent people upon the Lord for him to do what only he can do in us, through us, Again, individually and in our marriages, in our families. And so there has to be this posture of, of dependence, of radical dependence, as it were. Um, and then that in and of itself can become attractive to those mm -hmm. who are watching our marriages and our families, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we are in the lives of our neighbors, if we are in the lives of our, you know, as we sit in the stands watching our kids' games and we're interacting with mm -hmm. these people that you know, uh, don't know Jesus, don't care about going to church. To your point, David, they're not going to show up at a church, right? But they're engaging with a marriage that is certainly not perfect. It's broken. It's, it's, it's real. But yet there's, there's something there that is going, wow, hold on. There's, there's uniqueness to the way they engage with one another that I'm actually yeah. drawn to. 
Um, so I'm, I'm throwing that out there and I'm not even asking a question more than just say comment on that. Like, how do you, how do you think through that? How do you, how do you counsel, uh, husbands and wives and, and parents on moving in that direction, um, as dependent people upon the Lord in such a way that it actually becomes part of your mission. Yeah. I think being in marriage and in the marriage and family space, one thing that we're certain of in our own home and that we increasingly believe as we interact with families around the nation and world is that everyone's normal till you get to know them as Larry Crabb. <laughs> yes. And there is a story going on in the four walls of every home. Yeah. Yes, we have some yeah. good seasons, but we all know how quickly broken world, broken systems, broken two broken people, multiply it with some kids if uh, God blesses with kids. Um, those realities hit. Yeah. And so uh, a, a family and a marriage that is living in a gospel-saturated way to go, yep, you wronged me again. And yep, we're going to actually, we're going to talk about that. We're not putting that under the rug. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let root of bitterness root in. We're not going to let contempt grow. Okay, we got to really face this. And what does forgiveness washing over again mm-hmm. that Jesus gives us the ability to, to usher that into each other's lives because of how much we've been forgiven. Um, I mean, it's, it's the basic stuff, but to live that out in a week by week basis yeah. becomes this, you know, doggy head tilt, like <laughs> what is, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to your point, you know, Jeff, like yeah. it is a mysterious things because this, the mystery of the gospel alive in a marriage when yeah. there's, yeah, there are two broken people living it out. And, right. um, it really does become an authentic living example of the gospel over and over if we're willing to bring people into some of those crevices yeah yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me ask I this think too, oh, like a, go ahead oh, i was just gonna say i think there's also like a freedom that is like attractive and contagious you know it's not a it's not a like you said there's brokenness there it's not that you've gotten to this perfection this place of like mm-hmm. having it all together but there's a freedom in you know engaging with one another that people can see you know that okay you know what i know that you know that the broken places in me and yet you love me in that anyway because we're we're both forgiven and forgiving each other you know forgiveness i remember when we lived in new york um when our kids would get into an argument with a little friend you know and we'd say okay, apologize, say you forgive them or ask for forgiveness. And I can remember people would say, now that's so interesting that you have your, you know, what made you want to say, ask for forgiveness? Hmm, how about and that, yeah. It's just, you know, well, I mean, that in and of itself was an opportunity to talk about, you know, faith yep. and why we even great. know that we're forgiven, you know. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would you say are the threats to this? So um, like what you're describing of, oh, have a marriage and a family that just exudes the gospel. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> as believers, we should all do that. Uh, what's keeping us uh, from mm-hmm. living that out uh, regularly? Mm-hmm. Like wh- what are the things that you guys see as um, people that hear stories who who's, have a whole mm-hmm. staff team that are studying maybe the cultural um, yeah. shifts? What, what are things that are threats to us living this way? Mm-hmm. I mean, first, just from scripture, there's a guarantee that there's a threat of the world and the cultural influences of our day um, just to be paying attention to. And they're not all bad, but there are some that can really lure us into some dangerous places. Um, There's our own flesh. And I don't know, 
that is my number one threat mm. that living for myself, how much identity I get from work um, and doing ministry, like myself ends up putting a wedge between us mm -hmm. more than anything. Mm. Um, and then obviously what's the third one? Um, the world, yeah. the flesh, the devil. and the enemy, the enemy, yeah. the yeah. enemy. Yeah. I mean, it, we, that's interesting that, I mean, we love this talk at the weekend. Remember, um, around the fall and of marriage and, and how mm -hmm. the threats that come against it. And there I am forgetting the one I think we choose in our Western world to, to, to ignore the most, most. <laughs> yeah. or to diminish the most. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, our spouse is not our enemy. Yeah. Yeah. There is an enemy seeking to kill till still and destroy. Um, so I know that we can get in a little more nuance, yeah. but just, we need to stay bluntly. Those are the three yes. threats yeah. directly from scripture that That's guaranteed good. are coming after the, the institution that God has put in place. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I think too, even when you think about living, um, living this out in front of others, I mean, this definitely goes to ourselves, but our own pride, you know, I know for me, sometimes mm, it's hard to admit the broken places and let people see the cracks, you mm. know, you just kind of want to cover those up mm. and put on a different face for others. But, you know, that's not reality. It's easier, it's easier to hide than it is to show your need for Jesus and his redeeming work in your, in your life and in your marriage, because that's always yeah. going to be yep. messy. It's always going to be, mm -hmm. we're always going to convince ourselves that, uh, to present ourselves as needy people and broken people is unattractive and ultimately not anything that the world's going to affirm. You're like, man, you're, right. you know, but at the same, but then what does the gospel teach us? What does the kingdom of God give us lens to see? It's like, well, no, that's actually the very thing that uh, <clears throat> brings people into uh, that reality that is so very attractive that we all need. Uh, let me, all right, I'm going to ask a question that uh, it may just sound like, okay, oh my gosh, you like, that's, why are you asking that? But I think, I think sometimes we have to ask the obvious question to help us get to what may seem like obvious answers that we have taken for granted or maybe don't realize mm -hmm. and think we do. All right, this is all couched around the seventh commandment, do not commit adultery. Right. Okay, and we're just using that as a launching pad to talk about marriage and family. And But here's the question that's this obvious that we forget to ask it. Why, why does God say don't commit adultery? Like, why is that such a bad thing? You know, yeah. like what, what is he up to in this whole exclusivity of one man and one woman in the context of marriage? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I would say there's a covenant that he intended yeah. and it's not just a commitment or a contract that you come and go from. It is meant to reflect something much bigger. So do not commit adultery against, you know, infidelity against this covenant that's been established between a man and a woman so that you keep reflecting a dependent people upon a God, but yet fully committed to one another and um, wholly committed to him. And the reality is there's a scriptural look at that. And then there's a very practical where it is for our good and for his glory. Yeah. We may feel mm -hmm. like this is, you know, cutting out some rights or freedoms, or we get to our midlife crises and man, I need to, I need to sow something, you know, but no, mm -hmm. it is meant to be discovered in whatever we process in our late thirties and forties in the context of covenant is for our good and for his glory. And there, there is something in that stage in particular that we're watching our own friends. We see our own, the temptation things that we have to keep walking through in our own lives. Um, 
But if you just go to sociology terms, um, I pulled this this one quote. It says, infidelity is reliably associated with poor mental health, Hmm. particularly Hmm. depression and anxiety and PTSD and relationship dissolution divorce, which has been shown to adversely impact um, future generations Mm. also Mm. in an ongoing way. That that is a, that's a non-biblical, you know, view and lens of it just going, that's actually what gets carried forward. There will be more pain. And certainly there are places that divorce is, um, you know, there, but when it comes to adultery and the seventh commandment, um, there is such repercussions of when that trust is broken and trust can be rebuilt. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus paves the way for that. Yeah. Um, however, the there are real consequences and that's one of the ways he wants to guard that covenant in a beautiful way so it can keep reflecting um, powerfully. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I would agree and just maybe tag on to that to say we, in every episode of this series, we've, we've at least, we've mentioned at least once that the 10 commandments were given for many reasons, one one is to show the heart of God. This is what this is what the heart of God looks like. Uh, but one of the reasons, and I won't recap all of them, but one of the reasons is because they're actually yes, they expose us in our sin and they ultimately condemn us and show us our need for a savior. But once we've been mm-hmm. redeemed through faith in Christ, they actually show us what human flourishing looks like, mm-hmm. the way in which God designed life to flourish mm-hmm. unto His glory and for our good. And so there's this, yeah. even this understanding that you're mentioning here, guys, is, is, man, this is what you're saying there, David, is you're saying you want to flourish as a human in God's design for your life, then this is what it looks like. And, yeah. and staying committed to your spouse, even as difficult as that can be, pursuing Jesus together is going to bring about the flourishing that God intended. Yeah. So here's the other side of that coin. Uh, I'd love for y'all to speak to uh, what about the person listening who's blown it? They've committed mm. adultery. Um, or um, maybe they haven't committed adultery, but they've certainly thought about it, and they have in their heart and, and in their mind. Um, right. And maybe they maybe they have online. They've done it with pornography, whatever. But there has been adulterous motives, at least, if not the action. But they've blown it, and they know, and they know they've blown it, and they feel like God's going to now just, there's no hope. What do you say? I mean, I think this is where we all experience and need the depth of, of grace, you know, the grace. I mean, first, we have to find that from Jesus. You know, I think obviously we in that moment of having blown it and or maybe it's years of having blown right. it and finally coming into the light. Um, I, I mean, I think first and foremost, stepping into the light mm-hmm. is key and crucial. And that mm-hmm. is where we experience the most grace and the opportunity interrupt say step fully into the light yeah i think there's there we guard when we're we've been hiding and like okay this will be enough yep Mm -hmm. go all in will be the the most fullest and most flourishing way to get to to really get there yeah i think we often see couples like you know that are in that place and they kind of start to step into the light and then there ends up being more and more and it's like just be fully mm. bear your soul mm. bring it all into the light yeah. because mm-hmm. that's where more freedom and forgiveness will be experienced you know when you're fully known and fully loved in response i mean that's what we get from jesus yeah. you know yeah. and and we can experience that in our marriage too that doesn't there's you know there's a lot of hurt and pain that certainly will come with that and it's a process mm-hmm. of it's not like forgiveness equals trust yeah. you know there's 
there's a time for rebuilding. Um, but I think that stepping into the light and that opportunity for the kind of love mm-hmm. we committed to in the beginning, yeah. you know, that's what yeah. we said we would do is love you through everything that it's a covenant, not a contract. So, you know, and just, if you can choose to love that radically, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not possible on our own. Yeah. It really has to come from Jesus and yeah. what we've experienced from him. And I think even, you know, if you're the person who has been betrayed um, it's, you know, it's not a immediate, okay, now you have to say, I forgive you and I trust you again. You know, it's, it's okay that that takes time. Yeah. Um, even the forgiveness part, you know, it's, it's I think it's uh, honestly, I feel like it's an ongoing forgiveness yeah, because absolutely. there's going to be reminders and daily remembering, okay, this is, this was painful and yeah. I, you have hurt me deeply. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would just add there. There takes a radical humility to use the word off of radical dependence. Um, mm-hmm. Stop holding a "I've got this." Mm-hmm. Like I, that when it comes to addictions that circle back, um, or when you you've made a you know you've crossed a threshold of risk that you can't believe you've done, and mm-hmm. whether you've gotten caught or the spirit of God convicted and you've disclosed mm-hmm. it to your spouse. Um, it is amazing to me how much that, that last layer of sin in us and sinful nature is like, okay, and I've got this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we don't yeah. in the small and in the big, yeah. we don't, yeah. we are so needy of dependence. And so what does it look like to posture ourselves to fully depend upon the Lord and bring in other people? Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously the shame and when you're dealing with adultery or an, you know, addiction, pornography, whatever, shame becomes to win the day and shame always isolates. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed, mm-hmm. it will seek to isolate you more. Yeah. And so you have to actually be more proactive to not isolate yourself. Um, and, and I'm not even talking about hiding behavior that goes back into the risk category. I'm just saying you will feel the sh- shame that can turn into condemnation, which there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Or conviction that leads toward this is a hard road. Yeah. But yet there's grace here and there's truth here. And I'm gonna keep disclosing to to people. But um I just watch people say, I've got this, I've got this. Mm-hmm. And they they end up just right back where they yeah, were. It's the beginning they, of the relapse. They, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because you end up trying to fight this on your own. So very practically though, for for those who have the resources around them. Um, one, you can invite mentors. That's free. Go go get a respected couple mm-hmm. that you know, that mm-hmm. you admire, that there's some kindred connection to. Like, invite them into your story. Everybody probably has that resource. Um, but there are things like marriage intensives. And, you know, since many people listen to this within Perimeter um, uh, or close to Rome, Georgia, at, at Windshape Marriage mm-hmm. has amazing intensives. Um, we've done marriage intensives a few times just when we felt stuck in our relationship. But if there are major trust breaches, um, mm. intensives are an amazing way to go spend a week with two counselors mm. in a group setting. There's something, uh, there's some study about being in a group setting with three or four other couples yeah. that actually, uh, you're not carrying the spotlight the whole time. It's in a phenomenal environment to process what could be next steps and what got you there in the first place. Mm. Oh, that's, that's good. So, that's so good. I remember, um, maybe five years into mine and Martin's marriage when we realized that a marriage isn't just two people 
trying to make it work. It has two people, you know, with God in the center of it, mm. but also with a church surrounding mm-hmm. us. And yeah. Incredibly helpful. And I know that what you guys shared um, is helpful and healing to others. Okay. Uh, we're each going to ask one last question. How about that? Does that sound good? Yes. And I hate that because I've got so many things. Of it. But yes, <laughs> yes. For the sake of time, we'll each ask one. Do you want to go first? Or... Yeah. Well, gosh, I'm just chew- I'm chewing on so many things. I think I say that every episode. Uh, people are like, come up with a new saying, Jeff. You chew on a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> hey, while you're chewing. Yeah. I, I can fire Okay, one. and I'll decide what to say over You here. can yeah. choose yours. Okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, when you were reading that definition of infidelity, you used the word disillusioned. Mm. And yeah. I love um, just that idea of, uh, and here's my question, how might people enter marriage with a certain picture of what the point of it all is and become disillusioned it- basically because they were expecting the wrong thing. Mm. Mm. Great question. That's good. I mean, I think one of my favorite books on marriage is The Mystery of Marriage and just God's design and plan for marriage just unpacks, you know, that really it's set up to take you to see more and more of your own sin and your need for Jesus. (laughs) Living day in, day out with somebody pushes your buttons, knows your buttons, probably pushes them on purpose a lot of times, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all those things, you know, it brings you to the end of yourself over and over. Mm, and when good. we start to see marriage as a like one of God's greatest gifts, but also a tool in my own heart and yeah. my own relationship with him, um, I feel like, and, and just recognizing that I, you know, it's easy for me to sit, whether it's in a marriage conference or listening to a podcast and then look at David and think, oh, you need to work on this. And I hope you heard them say that. If you would do this, things would be better. That's the disillusionment. If you would change, things would be better. And I think that's why people get divorced. They think, oh, it's going to be better with somebody else. But the Mm. problem is when you leave a marriage, you take you with you. And (laughs) that's great. Wherever you're going, singleness or another marriage or whatever. And we have to recognize that I can only bring myself to the cross. Mm. I can't even drag my spouse there with me, you know, and and that just I feel like if we can enter and stay in our marriage mm. and live in that place of I mm. am I going to let Jesus do the deep work in me and rec- and humble myself? You said it a minute ago, but it takes a lot of humility yeah. and just faith and repentance, you know, and that's God's purpose in it. Yeah, man. And I would just say wounds and legacy come from a marriage and in a, in a beautiful way. And we've been impacted by our own parents and if they were married or not and, and the flow of that. And we will do the same, which is a thrilling and horrifying thought all at the same time. You know, um, there's a reality to that. And so what's a guarantee, though, is that stuff in our own story will come out in the days and decades to come mm-hmm. in our marriage. And we have to enter marriage knowing I know some of my story, but not the depths of it. I know some of my sin, but John 16, it is by grace that I've not shown you everything. You can't handle it. Mm-hmm. I will give you the spirit of mm-hmm. God. So you, yeah. I can show you that in the future. Marriage becomes that, like Meg said, that one of those primary places where he, you know, if I know Jeff Norris, I know he's shown the gospel grid of like mm-hmm. our knowledge of God increases mm-hmm. and our knowledge of our own depravity mm-hmm. increases. Marriage becomes a, an amazing place for both of those things. Um, and, with that, I would just say, you know, 
I would encourage people, to, I'm going to go back to the word disillusionment and, and finish here with the comment. It probably doesn't directly relate to what you were asking, Laura, but I would just say, as you get disillusioned, because at some point you will, mm-hmm. what are you doing in the good days to proactively invest in your marriage when you're not in crisis? Mm. Oh, that's good. That becomes, I would be a strong encouragement to any mm. person entering a marriage or if you're, you're married and you're in a lull season. Obviously, in crisis moments, we go seek help, or at least we are, we're prompted to. What do you do in ongoing ways to invest in your marriage when you're not in crisis? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, um, when we weren't in crisis, when we had three kids, three and under. Yet, I remember the day I was sharing with Meg some things about another marriage. I was helping another staff couple, and and I just go, do you, does me talking about their marriage so much make me wonder about ours? And she goes, huh. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about that. When we get, and it just led to like, let's just, you know, we're not in this yeah. horrible place, yeah. but let's go get a small group of church on marriage. Mm. Let's mm. jump into one. Mm. Um, let's go back to that weekend to remember thing again that mm. we did on our first anniversary. And we did. You know, mm. it, what are those deposits you can put in that keep cultivating the oh, soil of health? Because the hard times are coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Can- Man, so good, guys. Uh, Makes me miss just doing life with y'all. Um, so, the pastor preacher in me, I just there's so many things I want to comment on because it's just so many good things to take away. I, I'll make a couple of comments and then I'll finish with one last question. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still over here. My my wheels are still spinning about gosh a number of things. But one of the things you said earlier, David, was about uh, the result of sin will always lead to shame and then shame always leads us to hiding or to isolation Mm -hmm. and i just think about man what you're saying there is so very biblical i mean you think about genesis 3 i mean what happened with adam and eve as soon as they sinned they felt shame and then where did their shame lead them they they went and hid and that's the same exact instinct that we have with sin in our lives individually and in our marriages Mm -hmm. is not only hide from god but to hide from each other and um and so then what you said laura I'm, i'm going man that's so good of there's, there's three key relationships in a marriage. It's like your relationship mm-hmm. with God, your relationship with your spouse, and your relationship with the church that comes around you. And oftentimes we think there's only one key relationship in a marriage. Mm-hmm. We think it's my relationship with my spouse. But we have to have those other two in place if we're going to flourish. Um, and if we're going to fight through the crisis that will come in our marriages at various yeah. times and the difficulty and mm-hmm. the disillusionment. Um, one of the one of the pieces of advice that I give married couples sometimes is um, stop watching rom-coms, stop watching Hollywood's version of what it looks like to yeah. be in love because it's just not real. And uh, if wow. you're if you keep expecting that there's going to mm-hmm. be this big, you know, romantic whatever, it's yes. like man, okay, the, you, you talk mm-hmm. about being set up for disillusion, disillusionment. I can't say that word now. Yeah. Disillusionment. There we go. But it's not, and it's not just Hollywood. I feel like I'm always down on social media, even though I like social media. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even social media, people are posting the best moments right. of their marriage. That's right. They're posting the best moments of their family, so it makes you feel like if you have brokenness in your marriage, mm-hmm. um, even in the church, you're like for us. We had substantial brokenness, and we did not know where to go, Mm -hmm. which is odd because it's a church, and you'd think that we'd know exactly where to go, Mm -hmm. but it was the hiding is the shame, but it's also because everyone else seems to be able to do this yeah. so well and you become for us. convinced you're the only ones yeah. dealing with it. Yeah. So let me that that leads to the question I was going to ask anyway, but 
perfect setup. You would have thought we planned that, but we didn't. Um, we plan very little when it comes that's to this right. podcast. <laughs> that's right. David and Meg are probably right now going, they haven't asked us one question that we sent them beforehand. Um, I love it. You know, this is the best. So, uh, yeah, there are people... To Laura's point, right now, listening, going, I, I just haven't known. I know we're not where we need to be. I, I just mm-hmm. haven't known where to go. In family life, you guys have so many things that you offer, yeah. resources you offer, retreats that you offer. You've already mentioned them, but I want I want you to just, again, you've already mentioned A Weekend to Remember. You've, you've uh, mentioned Windshape. But uh, tell people what Weekend to Remember is and some of the other things that you guys offer that people can go, oh, okay, I didn't know that was available, and that can be super helpful for our marriage. You yeah. got first on a few. You got on a few. Well, I'll just say this about Weekend to Remember is a weekend. You can, you know, they're all over the country. You can do one close to where you are. Definitely they're, they're in Atlanta. Or you can pick a destination, get away. But, you know, the point is time away together even if you go in your own hometown, we say it's definitely best to go get a hotel and mm-hmm. get away from whatever the currents of life are around you. Um, but there's just something about, you know, without intentionality, life is going to pull us apart. Yes. Like the the waves of life, the current of life is not going to help you have oneness together. You know, it's going to create isolation. But there's something about getting out of the drift that pulls us apart mm-hmm. and getting on solid ground, getting on the sand if you're comparing it to the ocean. Yeah. And um, and having time to really be together. And what what we love, even before we were on staff with Family Life, one of our favorite things about the weekend to remember is that it just it's the speakers are great and we have a massive team of people that speak different places and they're awesome, but it's not about the speakers and what they say. It's about the time that you have and the conversation that's framed up. And they're just little questions that you turn and talk about or leave, you know, you leave with, Hey, let's talk about that more. And it's just like, I, I mean, I remember when we'd only been married a year and we went and there were some questions that we were talking about. I was like, we had no idea that we even needed to talk about it, but it took us to, deep intimate places that we really needed to be honest and share some things that we were experiencing that it was like oh my goodness how we not thought to have this conversation but we just needed somebody to kind of shine a little spotlight on something that was there you know so yeah Mm -hmm. i would also just you know a few other resources that are top of line there's a lot there you can go to familylife.com and find out more but there is a a daily um, podcast and radio show Mm -hmm. Uh, Family Life Today, where the likes of Jeff Norris and Laura's story come and get interviewed. Uh, you can go go into our archives and check out their episodes. Um, sure. I'm sure mine but, was uh, one yeah, of the most amazing listened people to, right? come through our studio. <laughs> did you hear me? What did you say? I said, I'm sure mine was one of the most listened to, right? Uh, yeah. It like broke I'm the old. internet. That day. Uh, that's what I remember. Um, but yeah, uh, amazing people. Trillia Newble was just in to talk mm. about 52 weeks through the through oh. the Bible. You know, it just pointing you to to those relationships that matter mm-hmm. most, your relationship with God, your relationship with spouse, and your community around you that you can keep growing with. Yeah. Uh, that's our aim. That's what we do on Family Life Today. Yeah. Um, there's also a, other podcasts that are more geared topical you can go check out. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that I want to mention is the Ministry of Family Life Blended. 40% mm-hmm. of homes now are, are blended homes where there's some form of step relationship in it. And some of the typical marriage advice entering a marriage or 
as kids collide in in and begin to mesh mm. hopefully well in blended homes there's actually unique principles that mm -hmm. they need to be spoken to there and family life blended has their own conferences Amazing. and small groups and podcasts it's a, it's a great thing and there's lots more but i would just give one more mainly and that would be um our small groups mm. i think you know laura you said it just get a group of people in your church and maybe mm -hmm. invite a few people in your neighborhood. People actually do want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. They just need their marriage. They just want somebody to like bring it up. Yeah. yeah. It's who who brings that up? And so just take a step of faith yeah. to whether it's inside of your church, whether it's in your community and you want to see if people in your neighborhood want to join in. Hey, I'm about to do a small group, six week small group on marriage. We'll be we'll be one and done. Or we'll, we're gonna take a Saturday and listen to all of them um, you know, in, in one sitting because that's easier. Just get the conversation going. Mm -hmm. You will be amazed kind of what people share and how that forms some bonds with people because people actually, where we started, there's an opportunity around marriage and parenting mm -hmm. of, of people <laughs> having that desire. So yeah. there's a new um, Art of Marriage coming out in October. It'll be available at the end of October. Um, over 2 million people have gone through the Art of Marriage small group that was 10 years ago. There's a new one being oh, released awesome. soon. Awesome. So um, anyway, that'll That's be great. one to worth check yeah. out. But you can go. Can I check out our small groups. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell you what, what we did? We did Weekend to Remember, and we brought our two um, marriage mentor couples with us. Oh, did you? The yeah. six of us went uh, uh, because <laughs> I just knew we're going to learn a lot of great stuff, but we need people mm. to come home and make sure we do it. Yeah. Like we need mm. people that are That's doing good. life cool. with us. That's and wise. so maybe it's a small yeah. group oh, I mean. and the weekend and they had it on a cruise. Oh, wow. Um, so y'all do cruises. So people that are looking for a it's marriage true. getaway. That's a good one. Yeah, too. the weekend remember on a cruise has to be like the the best experience. It's we did awesome. now. I will say we last year, last summer, Rachel and I went to a weekend remember out in Phoenix, and we coupled it with our own. Uh, we went out early mm -hmm. and did three or four nights in Sedona, and just it was awesome. And then we came back down to Phoenix and did the weekend uh, to remember, and we loved it. And some people asked us like, "Hey, are y'all going out there because you're struggling?" Is like, "Well, no, we're, we we think we're doing well." Mm -hmm. And so the point I'm making Gosh. there is. We can remember it's not just for marriages in crisis or, yeah. or like, hey, we're struggling. It's like, even if you think you're doing well, which you probably are, that's where Rachel and I were, it was still so beneficial. Yeah. It was still so many Definitely. things of like, oh, wait, we do need to think about that. Well, and, you know? and we invest in so many things that are meaningful to us, yeah. like whether it's putting oil in our car. Like, yeah, that's not meaningful, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> like so many things uh, that are important to us have some somewhat of a maintenance to them yeah that's but good. sometimes that's we right. don't think about our marriage that way mm. uh, and so this yeah it's and very yeah, much it's an investment we want to invest in yeah, yeah. it's like this, it's the ultimate tune-up it's best experienced i think mm -hmm. when you're in a pretty good place or just in a flow and yeah. you pull out of that flow oh yeah. and yet you're able to talk about whatever surfaces that's one of the best ways to experience so so true hey can i can i take two minutes to share one more thing just it, the way the conversation went i'm sitting on one thing that i go i'm gonna trust Please this do. from this yeah, yeah yeah um when you, whether it's talking about sin that you trip into and you're having to disclose that to your spouse and, or all of the ingrained sin patterns we have that come up and affect our marriage, this is just a simple principle that it's, I call it the risk and time continuum. Let's make sure it makes sense when I'm not drawing it. But if there was an X, Y, an X and Y axis, one with risk and one with time. Mm. And when it comes to the things going on in our lives that are our own patterns that end up affecting our marriages. As time goes and we take riskier steps, you know, no one wakes up and says, I want to run my marriage. Mm. You know, like yeah. we take small risky steps and 
don't disclose and don't bring into the light to community or to our spouse. And so there's kind of, to simplify it, like three zones as risk and time happen. The first zone is, eh, it's not that bad. I got this. Mm. Like, no, everything in zone one, I just think marriages are the healthiest when we're, you know, talking about mm -hmm. zone one. And I can get up in the comparison so much. I mean, just, just this past week, I was like, man, there's a zone one thing that I just, I, you showed me that picture of, you know, we were at that retreat and I just looked at myself and I was like, gosh, I don't like the way I look. Mm. Mm. And I like that in that little comparison thing, um, it was it was playing some havoc in my head mm. that could lead to some old ingrained patterns yeah. of oh and so you just go yeah that's when you'd get it into the light and th there mm. was a, a that led to a great conversation and yet we avoid zone one of it's not that big of a deal so don't worry about sharing mm. it with anybody that's good. that is the best time to bring your spouse and others into it zone two we get in this middle ground hopefully we disclose zone three becomes it's such a big deal i can't tell anyone mm. my risk behaviors have increased yep and I have taken such risk, and I can't believe I'm doing this. Yep. Time has continued where I'm not disclosing it and getting it in the light. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Could you stop it? Mm. I just don't make me. You have to disclose it. Yeah. yeah. It's going to keep seeding into more risk. And yet, man, if we would just confess in zone one and know our, take time to know ourselves and to process it in our marriages, mm. so much yeah, pain gets saved. Especially after, a, after there's been trust breaches in a marriage. Man, staying in zone one gets so important. So it builds good. trust. Stay in zone one, even if it's uncomfortable. And I can't believe I'm saying this. This is weird. Yeah. But this is what's going on in my heart and yeah. mind. So, Dude, I'm going to use that. That's really, really helpful. That is good. Yeah. And not just use it to teach other people. Use it in my marriage with Rachel. Yeah. That's so, yeah. so helpful and practical. Thank David you. and Meg Robbins, thank you so much for being awesome. Thank and you, for guys. Loving uh, people the way you do, loving the Lord the way you do loving each other the way you do. You're an example for so many. And um, I just love you guys. You're awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Love y'all too. So Appreciate fun. it. Yeah. And thank you for tuning in. We're so glad that you've been tracking with us in this series of digging deeper through the Ten Commandments. Uh, stick with us. We're going to have an awesome, awesome conversation coming up in the next episode with Aaron Smalley. So tune in for that one.